0: How many clocks do you have in your home? And as you take a second to mentally walk through your house, let me just say that I counted 11 at hours to go with the one that's strapped to my wrist and the one that's on my phone that's basically always with me, and the uh, one in the car, and the one on my computer. Yeah, I think it's safe to say I have an interest in knowing what time it is. And so this week on Discover the Word, Elisa Morgan says...
1: I want to spend some time. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about time in the Bible and time in God's perspective and time in our perspective versus God's perspective, where do we struggle with the issue? How does it constrain us? How does it comfort us? How does it challenge us? Time. I mean, if you think about it, we are such Mm time-sensitive creatures. Yeah, we are, aren't we?
0: I mean, I'm guessing pretty much the first thing you did this morning was look at the clock to see what time it was and if it really was time to get up. And then the rest of your day, appointments, meetings, getting the kids to school and picked up, meals, everything is structured around time. And so pull your chair up to the table with Elisa and Bill Crowder and Daniel Ryan Day and Rasool Berry for a series of conversations on this episode of Discover the Word podcast called It's About Time. And welcome to Discover the Word, the small group Bible study from Our Daily Bread Ministries. And I think this is going to be an interesting discussion we'll be having over the course of the next hour, because it's easy to just think that if there's one thing that different cultures throughout time could agree on, it's the subject of time. I mean, it doesn't matter where you live or when you lived. 60 seconds in every minute, 24 hours in every day is pretty constant. And you wouldn't think it would be culturally determined. And yet it is. In fact, how people think about time may be one of the ways that cultures are the most different. And so I think this will be a good conversation for us to have. Elisa will be leading the study, this time with Bill and Daniel and Rasul. called It's About Time. Elisa?
1: It's about time. It's about time. It's about time. (laughs) What does that phrase usually mean to you? You can change it with your intonation.
2: Back when I was a kid, there was a TV show, and the theme song was It's About Time, It's About Space, about two men in the strangest place. (laughs) It was two guys who went off in space and got lost in some time warp or something. It was a comedy.
3: I usually think about it more impatiently like yes it's about finally it's about time that this Hmm.
4: finally happened with my wife and I there's a phrase that she doesn't like that I say sometimes which is it's about that time which usually means that something's coming to an end and it's time to transition to the next thing oh and so anytime I say that phrase she always looks at me like no don't say that (laughs) (laughs) because it's often like on a date and it's about oh, it's about that time to go home and so it's kind of the the end of something. And it's kind of a
1: code between you almost, right? Yeah. yeah. I guess so. Has it ever been it's <laughs> about that time to change jobs or it's about that time to have I've an experience. I don't know if I've <laughs> used that phrase, but <laughs> you know, I kind of relate to what you said, Russell. you know, it's a finally kind of an impatient thing mm-hmm. for me. I want to spend some time, and today we're actually not going to go into a specific scripture. We're going to do kind of a general approach on the topic of time, and I want to spend some time (laughs) thinking about time in the Bible and time in God's perspective and time in our perspective versus God's perspective. You know, Where do we struggle with the issue? How does it constrain us? How does it comfort us? How does it challenge us? time. I mean, if you think about it, we are such time sensitive Mm -hmm. creatures, you know, from morning to dusk, you know, from Monday to Saturday, Sunday, we are just oriented that way. The holidays we celebrate. When's your birthday? You know, how old are you?
2: Just, oh. We are governed by the dictator known as the clock. I remember hearing a story about a missionary and they were in some remote area. Somebody was looking for him, and they went to a local tribal leader and said, do you know this guy? Oh, yeah, he's the one who wears his God on his wrist. Oh! Um, because he's, everything's governed by that. Wow. So That's kind of the way we are in the West. We're governed by the clock and the calendar and the mm-hmm. schedule.
1: I imagine there are some, I want to say times,
2: <laughs>
1: in your life when you feel free of time. Mm -hmm. like when can you think of I think Russell you just said you took a week off for some vacay time
3: yeah it was very liberating to not Mm -hmm. have to Mm -hmm. be bound by oh I have to move on from this task to the next because Mm -hmm. I was just relaxing so Mm -hmm. you know it actually feels very different than the day-to-day grind Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. it's on to the next thing what's Mm -hmm. the next thing what's the next Mm -hmm. thing and it feels like you know I've heard people even talk about how we're not really designed to live in these places where we have artificial light all the time. Mm. We don't really have to even think about like, oh, it's nighttime. Maybe I should stop working. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I know that's something that I've struggled
2: with, so. Mm -hmm. They talk about the law of unexpected consequences, you know, that was one of the big unexpected consequences of the channeling of electricity mm-hmm. into people's homes because it extended the day mm-hmm. and all of a sudden people didn't live on a normal cycle anymore mm. because of exactly what you're talking and about. And
1: similarly it. things like email and mm-hmm. our smartphones and etc you know extend our work day you know beyond the quote office now we work remote all the time. Okay let's shift it just a little bit and what are some of the challenges we have in terms of time with God? You know, things like, is God confined to time as we understand Mm -hmm. it? Or why does God seem to take so long Hmm. to answer prayers? Or what kinds of issues come up in your mind about time and God?
2: Well, sometimes I feel like it's almost a literal thing of for one day is with the Lord is a thousand years. And sometimes it feels like it's going to be a thousand yeah. years before he answers the prayer I prayed mm-hmm. this one day. You mm-hmm. know, He's not restricted by time like we are. He lives outside of time. And so that gets frustrating to us because we can't comprehend that because we are so governed by time.
1: And maybe that's part of our frustration Mm -hmm. is that we want to make him in our image. We want to strap him on our wrist in a watch form and make him more predictable Mm -hmm. so we can count on. What else comes to mind? What other struggles?
4: I think of just the idea of God's timing. And usually we mean that in a pretty positive thing except when we're waiting for God's timing (laughs) to come to pass. Mm -hmm. But we often will say God's timing is perfect. And it's the idea that we trust God to know what's Mm -hmm. best and not just know what's best, but when is best. I think of that as well, even though that can leave us uncomfortable when we're in the waiting for God's timing to come to pass. I think about
3: the unpredictability Mm -hmm. of God in time, Mm -hmm. like that psalm that says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. you're like... But how long does that night go? Mm. <laughs> yeah. That night mm-hmm. is not just the 12-hour period between when yeah. sun sets and rises, but that night can go longer. So just unpredictable.
1: Mm-hmm. And is it figurative, you know, more of a, a night season mm-hmm. in, exactly. in, our, in our lives? Dark
2: night of the soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: And Exactly. You know, this conversation really reveals a grist, um, the reality of the tension that we live in a world where we are governed by predictable minutes and seconds and God seems to be, as you said Bill, in a different universe. I want to just kind of get us oriented to some of the ways the Bible talks about time and then we'll try to apply them as we have our conversations. For example, in Scripture, or in biblical times, I'll put it that way, there's not really a uniform view of time and history. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see a, a story beginning and a story coming to a conclusion, but it's not as chronologicals we want to make it i mean the bible jumps all over the place as we read it and you may have seen Mm -hmm. the chronological bible which is Mm -hmm. fascinating to read it's all different ordered right and we think well why didn't god put it down in chronological order good question Mm -hmm. you know what does that have to say about time There is a a general view of ancient time where humans live in the present, but the divine works in the future. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's a bit of a handhold. There are two ages you see in Scripture. You see the present age and the age Mm -hmm. to come.
2: What about the past? And
1: the past is... Absolutely referred to as well, isn't it? And especially in terms of creation and what God has done. But you see the biblical story from Genesis to Revelation as it kind of flows both present, Mm -hmm. past and future all at the same time, Mm -hmm. doesn't it?
4: And there's an emphasis on remembering the past as we live in the present while we're looking to the future too Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they will cross over Mm -hmm. you know what god has done in the past is what he wants to remind us of in the present and he will fulfill in the Mm -hmm. present slash few huh yeah it's mm. this has helped me in terms of new testament terminology there's two dimensions in the new testament of time two words greek words chronos and kairos And they're used really commonly, and and chronos is a period of time, so it's a duration.
3: Sounds like chronology.
1: It does. Chronos is like a a period of time, and then kairos is a point in time. So a period of time, which is a duration, versus kairos, a point in time, which is a specific moment when something Mm -hmm. happens. The Old Testament uses all kinds of words for time. There's a really common one.
4: Yeah, and it's probably worth just mentioning, too, Mm -hmm. most, if not all, the Bible is written before we had time as we think about time. Good, yeah, talk about that. So we think of it as 24 hours in a day, 60 seconds in a minute, 60 and, minutes
2: in an hour. And to pick up on that, Daniel, the people of the Bible, the Jewish people, reckon time differently than we do. We reckon a day from midnight to midnight, but mm-hmm. they do it from dusk through the night and through the day to the next dusk. That's how they reckon a day. Backwards Evening and to morning. Us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And so we, we don't read scripture that way, Bill and Daniel. You know, we read it from morning back to the next morning, but just even understanding that, that they're reading it from dusk to the next dusk, Mm -hmm. how does that change how we view scripture? Old Testament words for time are things like just time, which is a word eth in Mm -hmm. Hebrew. It's used 296 times, tons of times, and it's a period defined by a condition. There's another word in Hebrew, yom, which is for day. And then there's another one, olam, which means forever, which is like a human lifespan. You know, all of this, and in the New Testament, there's a bunch of different words for it too. All of this is you know, I think we typically, as we've been saying, look at time according to something we can control. Mm -hmm. It's on our wrist, it's on our phone, it's on our computers. It organizes what time we pick up the kids. It organizes when we eat dinner. It organizes when homework's done and when we report into work, when a meeting is, when we're meeting friends for an event, when we go to church. Is that how God views time? And what difference might it make in our lives if we think about how god views time versus how we are governed by time has that hit you
3: yeah i'm struck by that story that bill shared about you know the person mentioning the god on his watch and how easy it is to allow this idea of time that i have to be what i serve instead of thinking more along the lines of the unpredictable spontaneous flow of God that might not be according to my schedule.
4: Mm. Yeah. And there's a a pressure relievingness, right? It like relieves pressure to think of time as not being the thing that should govern us, Mm -hmm. which is kind of, I think what I'm sensing and what you're saying. So if God is outside of that and inviting us to trust him, then rushing to and from places and things like that are outside of the design that God has. And that, I think that's probably really good news for us, especially with how busy
2: our culture is. You think about it in the gospels, there's not one single time that Jesus is described as being in a hurry. <laughs> not once. Yeah. And yet he always had time for yeah. everybody and everything, it seemed like. In fact, you know, there are these moments
3: where, you know, he's on his way, right? Yeah. To heal the soldier's daughter and decides to stop yeah. to help someone else out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be part of the plan. Yeah. An opportunity When things don't happen according to people's expectations of his time, that that's actually an opportunity to trust him more.
1: As much as we would like to order life by our watches and our clocks, you know, I think what we're agreeing on is that God is a God of the past and the present and the future. But he invites us into a relationship with himself so that we live with him in this moment. And while we allow ourselves to be governed by the, the hours in the day and the minutes on a clock, we may miss something. And instead, you know, maybe we need to be responsive to his presence in the present.
0: Well, we are glad that you're here with us in this present moment to talk about our perception of time and how some scriptures can help us process our perspectives about it. You're part of the Discover the Word group with Elisa Morgan, Bill Crowder, Daniel Ryan Day, and Rasul Berry, and this series is called It's About Time. Now, in that conversation, they talked about how time can really be a tyrant that holds us hostage if we let it. But it's also possible to see how there are some positive things about time that we could explore. And so in this next part of our study, let's listen as they talk about some of the positives and negatives of our being as humans Time Bound, as our series, It's About
2: Time, continues.
1: What does it mean to be time bound?
2: It means to be human. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what we are. I mean, we are bound by time.
1: I always think of the movie Groundhog Day. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) Same time every
3: day. Sonny and
2: Cher doing I Got You Babe on the radio (laughs) every morning at (laughs) 6.
3: (laughs) Yes. It actually has become an expression in the culture now. Groundhog Day. Like this is the same issue, same situation just over and over again. And I think about bound even like the idea Mm -hmm. like almost of being tied, like you know, like limited by time.
1: And what are some of the circumstances where we feel it so intensely? Like when we have a deadline? for work or you're studying for a test and, you know, this is your last chance to now put your books away and, you know, oh. Mm -hmm. Or those
4: times where we feel like we're just kind of in such a rhythm in our lives that every day is pretty much the same. Like Mm -hmm. we're pretty much waking up the same time, pretty much having the same breakfast. Getting to work about the same time going home, it just feels like we're like on this wheel. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like a hamster (laughs) wheel. Mm
2: -hmm. It's interesting, years and years ago in the early days of film, Charlie Chaplin did a film called Modern Life. And one of the big things of it is he gets caught up in the gears of a clock, Mm. which was fairly unsubtle metaphor for what life (laughs) in the modern world was going to look like. Turned out it was actually a little prophetic.
1: Very much so. What a commentary. It was as we've been talking about time, we were looking at how we feel really pretty stressed under time. And yet mm-hmm. when we put time in perspective and look at it in scripture, we say scripture really wasn't bound by time the way we are. People in scripture life, whether in the Old Testament or New Testament, but they were bound in some ways, right? Mm -hmm. Let's review just real quickly. What do we know about how the Old Testament and the New Testament view time?
4: Well, we mentioned that just even the idea of 24 hours and 60 seconds in a minute and 60 minutes in an hour and things like that, was just, that didn't exist yet. People hadn't figured out to try to calculate time in that way. And so, if you're telling somebody where to meet when, it'd be like, hey, I'll see you at such and such place when we get there. <laughs> right? <So it's> much <laughs> or you more
1: might a, say, we'll
2: see you midday, yeah, something like right. that. Or the
1: fourth watch or something. A yeah, very different understanding of it. And yet, when we read scripture, we see people still struggling mm-hmm. with what we say is time, you know, with the past, the present, the future, with where is God in these different situations, with waiting, with seasons of life with the perspective of what we do in the different seasons. As we continue this conversation, I wanted to look a little bit more about where we see some instances of being time-bound in Scripture. And I first want to look at James. It's a very familiar passage. This is James chapter 4, verses 13 to 16. And we want to read it and look for where is there some kind of a struggle with time-bound or some kind of a an illustration of being time-bound. So, Russell, can I just ask you to read those sure. verses, James four thirteen to 16?
3: Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them.
1: What do you hear in there about being time-bound or time-oriented, governed by time?
2: Well, they're making plans according to time as if they had control of that time, which... God says clearly they don't have control of it.
4: And the idea of mist that appears and is gone quickly. Yeah. Especially if we think about the New Testament time period and lifespans and things like that is so much shorter. But even for those of us who have quote unquote long lives in the grand scheme of the timeline of the world, it's a very short amount of time. And so we put so much weight on what we think we can accomplish or do or whatever But it's really just all a mist that is here and then gone.
3: Yeah. In verse 16, it uses two different words. You boast in your arrogant schemes. Mm -hmm. And so with that, it doesn't sound like there's something wrong with planning. right? Of course not. Yeah. But that there's a certain posture of presumptiveness Mm -hmm. that we can have that is out of order with Mm -hmm. the reality of the fact that there is a God who is over our circumstances that sometimes we miss. I remember some of the earlier generation I grew up around, they would say something like, well, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, we'll go and do this. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, the idea of the creek don't rise is that, hey, if I had this plan to go into town, but the bridge is covered over with water, I'm not going, Mm -hmm. even though I had plans to go. And so somehow there's a, a lack of humility in recognizing the fragility of, our best intentions and plans when we put too much emphasis on ourselves and not enough on the one who orchestrates things.
1: Well said. I have been in places in my life where people always say, Lord willing, Lord willing, before they mm-hmm. say anything they're gonna do. And it, it can be kind of a formulaic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, almost kiss it and bless it kind of a situation, <laughs> but it's also kind of a healthy acknowledgement that mm-hmm. I'm not in charge mm-hmm. of time, that I'm time bound, that I don't understand the way time works as God understands it. And Daniel, great point about the mist. It's like this this quickly mm-hmm. here, quickly gone. And you're right. There's nothing wrong with planning. But what James is really is encouraging is that we not be governed, bound by time, tied up in time so much as we are oriented in our relationship with God and what he's doing.
4: Yeah. And I would even nuance it a little more and say that we don't emphasize our control of time mm-hmm. too. I think that That's really a key aspect there. Maybe that's where the words boasting and arrogant come from is this idea that not only are we bound by time, but we control it to some extent. It's like we're, we're above discovering time. Discovering yeah. we Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: we put ourselves above time instead of under God's hand, and he's yeah. the one who's above time. Okay, another really familiar passage that I think we'll hear a bit of this thing about being time-bound is Ecclesiastes 3, 1 mm-hmm. to 14. All right, just basically sum up. What is that passage about? It starts out, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die. Okay, mm-hmm. sum that up for us.
4: Well, what's interesting is the James word uses the mist and the most common word in Ecclesiastes is hevel, which is like vapor. Yeah, and so you one taught of the, us that. I remember yeah, that, one of the primary yeah. emphasis of the whole book of Ecclesiastes is that everything is this vapor that's here today and gone tomorrow. And so I think chapter three is read kind of in that spirit of There's a time for everything, but it's very quickly moving. Mm. And we talked about how Ecclesiastes is also kind of a pessimist too. So Mm -hmm. we need to emphasize probably the negative side of most Mm -hmm. of these if we're really reading it in the spirit of Ecclesiastes. (laughs) So time to be born but definitely a time to die (laughs) is is probably how he would say it. But it's a very quick movement, Mm -hmm. and the more we try to control it or grasp it, we find out it's vapor or mist that
2: slips through our hands. Mm. And most of the things in that Ecclesiastes passage, like the time to be born, time to die, are said as opposites. And it just kind of encompasses everything that happens in a person's life time, if mm-hmm. we could say it that way, mm-hmm. so that all this stuff's going on, whether it's a time to weep or a time to laugh, a time to mourn or a time to dance, a time to be silent and a time to speak. Mm-hmm. All, all of those opposites work to encompass everything in between. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The very first usage of the word time in Ecclesiastes 3.1 is a word, zeman, and it means to fixed, definite portion of time. And it's only used that one time at the beginning of the passage. So it's like there is a specific time for everything. And then all the rest of those uses, a time to be born, a time to die, that's the real common word, eth, which is just kind of like what you're saying. It flows through life. I think that's interesting. And then the writer ends with this understanding. I think it's in verse yeah, 11. He's made everything beautiful in its time. He's also set eternity in the human heart yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. That usage of eternity is a different word, and it really means this long time both backwards and forwards, and that we can't understand. You know, we, we live within this sandwich of a specific time, and then this brief, mm-hmm. brief moment in time that is our lifetime, and eternity It makes me think about, you know, a thousand years in your sight or like a day that has just gone by or a watch in the night. And I think we referenced that in another conversation. But anyway, that just grabs me. And I'm very stunned by, in a way, how being time-bound is both our wound and our struggle because we misunderstand life. But in a way, it's our protector because could we really function if we could control life mm-hmm. and, and when we can't, it, it's God who controls it.
4: Yeah.
3: I think of that word season that's there, a season for every activity under the sun. And when I think about the seasons, right, like there's certain things that if it's hot and it's summertime, I just won't wear, you know, I won't wear that cardigan. I won't wear that sort. Like, and it's something that's imposing itself on me because it's that season or if it's a season of you know it's fall and it's pumpkin season right you see pumpkin everything (laughs) you know lattes and everything or if it's christmas season you walk in and you hear carols all of these things are references to how the season shapes me Mm. and maybe there's some wisdom in kind of finding the groove of where god is doing something as opposed to trying to impose my will on the season Mm
4: we kind of talked about this in the last conversation but a freeing nature to this too Mm -hmm. because it just reminds us of our limitations as humans Mm -hmm. and there's been a phrase that the lord has been impressing on my heart for a while now of like the gracious accepting Mm. of our human limits and time is one of Mm -hmm. those things that reminds us that we only have so much time Uh, there's only so much time in a day and we try to pack things in and push ourselves too far or whatever but it's usually the people that accept those human limitations and live within them. That end up being much more at peace and much happier. And So I think maybe that's part of the gift of recognizing this time mm-hmm. too.
2: Is those limits are actually God's grace to us, a gift to us? I heard somebody say years ago, "You can't kill time without injuring eternity." <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure I understood <laughs> what he meant by that, but it's worth thinking but about. But there is a sense in which, like you say, Daniel, we can't be governed by time, but we also recognize that time is precious, mm-hmm. and we have a limited amount of it, and. What makes it precious is we don't know how much we have. I'm 70 years old now. My dad died at 58. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard for me to believe that I've lived 12 years longer mm-hmm. than my dad did. My mom died at 95. Mm-hmm. So by that standard, you got a thinking, ways to go. <laughs> but but who knows? I mean, do you add them yeah. up and divide by two and take the difference? You yeah. know, I mean, we don't know how much we have, and so that makes those times very, very valuable how we choose to use them mm-hmm. or not or waste them or not. And and that can become very burdensome when we realize how precious because the clock literally is ticking.
1: Mm. We live within the two realities of we organize and try to bind ourselves under time, but no matter what we do, the reality, the other reality, is that God continues to advance his purposes, no matter how we count the seconds or the minutes.
0: Yeah, Yeah, a couple important aspects of the fact that as humans, we are time-bound and are thus limited in our perspective of time somewhat, and there are some negatives and some positives associated with that good conversation in this episode of the discover the word podcast called it's about time and so when we continue this series about time we're going to go with some passages of scripture that will help us to see that god is timeless the tough to wrap our mind around idea that god is outside of time and he is almighty over time we'll get to that right after we take a quick break to let you know about some important news from our daily bread ministries now before we get back to our study of time in the scriptures on this edition of the discover the word podcast i want to let you know that we here at our daily bread ministries have been working behind the scenes for months to prepare a new resource for you And i'm happy to announce it's finally ready we recently launched a brand new part of our website to host all of our media content in one place and so I invite you to discover the wealth of resources available free of charge at odb.org media. Our Daily Bread Ministries new media site features devotional readings and video documentaries, podcasts like Discover the Word and God Hears Her, and more to help you read and study the Bible in new ways. Listen to daily devotions while you get ready for work. Uh, travel to Israel from your couch with docu-series like The Holy Land with our friend Dr. Jack Beck, and foster a love for Scripture with the Discover the Word podcast. Uh, Easy to access now all of our audio and video resources in one place at odb.org slash media. That's odb for our daily bread, odb.org slash media. Okay, so now let's get back to the group as they look at some passages of Scripture that will help us to begin to understand how while we are time-bound, God is beyond time and almighty over time. God is
2: timeless.
1: When you think of something being timeless, what comes to mind?
2: Baseball. Baseball is the only major sport that's not governed by the clock. Oh,
1: Literally timeless. Ah, okay. see, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is
3: also the nation's pastime. Oh. Ooh. Or at least it was in the past. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. I think about Stevie Wonder songs.
1: <laughs> Seriously, like,
3: I'm amazed at some of the music that you can't tell what decade mm-hmm. it was made. in. Mm-hmm. Like, really good
4: songs.
1: Classic music. Not classical, but classic. Classic,
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: I'd say the uh, black tie affair mm. is a timeless thing. Oh, that's yeah. good. It's been happening forever. And right? a tux
1: is pretty much a tux yeah. still. Well, yeah, yeah. People push some it a little renditions, bit. But, yeah. but,
4: but at every one of those events, there'll be a bunch of people and mm-hmm. a black tux jacket, a mm-hmm. white shirt, a black tie, and they would look very similar if you rewound the clock and were able to go back yeah. fifty, a hundred years ago and watch. Another party somewhere else.
1: Always in style, if you will.
4: I think my humor is timeless. Oh, yeah. Well, you do. (laughs) My kids might disagree, but
1: I think it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. God is timeless. Respond to that concept that God is timeless.
2: Well, an expression I used in an earlier conversation is that he is outside time. We live on a planet that goes around while it's going around the sun and that's where we start measuring time is because of our environment. God is above all of that and outside of it. So he's not governed by it as we are.
4: And he's so outside of it that he can enter into it yeah. as he wills. And yeah. yet still have the perspective of being outside of yeah. that. And again, my brain's hurting just like the baseball conversation mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. <laughs> So,
1: And yet, didn't he kind of create time? You right. know, he made... The Earth, and he made morning, and he made night, Mm -hmm. and then he made it the days, and Mm -hmm. then he made the Sabbath for resting. So there's a way in which, as you said, Daniel he entered time. I mean, Jesus entered time and walked the Earth Mm -hmm. for a specific number of time.
2: He came in the fullness of time. Yes, Galatians four says. Yeah, Yeah.
1: that is Mm mind-boggling. You know, so God's. Beyond outside of time, above beyond before and after time, but he's also enters time. Hurts my head.
4: (laughs) We could take the last 10 minutes of this Uh conversation and just sit on that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Might not be interesting audio, but But it's it's mind blowing.
1: it, It is worth pondering, meditating upon, because Mm -hmm. I I think maybe the reason it's so mind-blowing is that it separates us into the me and him thing, my finiteness and his infiniteness, Mm -hmm. you know, my tangibleness and his intangibleness. It separates me. And yet I'm also wooed by the fact that he enters into this world. We want to talk in this conversation about this timeless god that he's almighty over time that that's mm-hmm. the way i like to look at it he, he's the god of time and there are several scriptures that maybe will help us understand mm-hmm. i'm not going to promise it but maybe we'll the first one i want to look at is revelation chapter one verses four through eight and if we'll just listen it begins and ends with these statements about how god is in or isn't in time daniel would you read that
4: sure it begins john to the seven churches in the province of asia Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and father to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all peoples on earth will mourn because of him, so shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty.
1: Yeah, mic drop. Mm -hmm. What do you see about time in this passage? You know, maybe start in verse 4 to begin with, grace and peace to you from Him
3: is, was, and is to come. That God has always been, always mm-hmm. is, and always will be, and is somehow in past, present, and future at the same time. And the best way to think about that, you know, Bill just said, for me, is he's outside of time. Like, time mm-hmm. is a space mm-hmm. for creation. And it's not even just a almost like a scientific statement, it's a statement of a truth that mm-hmm. somehow allows the greeting of grace and peace to be more true and felt. Mm -hmm. You can have peace and Mm. grace because the one constant throughout all of eternity Mm. is God.
2: And also in verse eight, Russell, to back up what you said, it also comes under the heading of not only is he the one who is and was and is to come, he's the almighty. And that adds weight to that as Mm -hmm. well, because he's so almighty, he's not governed by all the things that we're governed by
1: as well. Almighty over time. Yeah, and the other
4: thing that's jumping out to me is we often think of Jesus as the one returning, but here Jesus is mentioned in verse five, but at the beginning, this is talking about God himself who is and who was and who is Mm -hmm. to come. And then Mm -hmm. I'm the Alpha and the Omega says the Mm -hmm. Lord God who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. And so it's interesting to think about too that God himself, it's not just his son Jesus. And of course, when we start talking about the Trinity, all three of them are one and and all that together. But it's God himself that's the mover, the one making things happen, Mm -hmm. the one who's entering into the story. And as a result, I think exactly what you said, Mm -hmm. Rasul, grace and peace is possible Mm because he's that mover. He's Mm -hmm. the one making it happen.
2: Mm -hmm. If you've ever studied history much, you know that a lot of history is studying timelines. So there's Mm -hmm. the timeline of the development of the personal computer there's the timeline of the history of this particular country and every time you look at a historical timeline it starts with a dot and ends with an arrow but when you think about god there's no dot there's just arrows on both ends because so it keeps going good. in both directions
1: that's so good as we try to control and and corral time it's impossible mm-hmm. and maybe that's a perspective that helps us you know, we look at the dash in between our birth date and our death date and think that is the whole deal for us wow. right there on this earth, yeah. you know, but God's eternalness, stunning. And notice he, he talks about the alpha and the omega. That's pretty significant, right? That's mm-hmm. the first and last letter of the Greek alphabet. And, and there is a concept of really containing history within mm-hmm. that. So while God is almighty over time, interestingly, Bill, that word is used nine out of 10 times in the New Testament right here in the book of Revelation, you know, a, as he talks about being almighty over time. He's also almighty over the history. Of time.
4: Yeah, it reminds me of in Colossians where it talks about in him all things hold together. And you get that picture of him just holding everything. That's beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm. We talked about, Russell, I think you pointed this out that there is a past, present, and future, or who is and was and is to come, I think is the order. When you hear that is, I'm going to want to look at all three of those just real quickly here. When you hear that is, what comes to mind about God is?
2: Well, when you think of that in terms of Jesus, He's risen. He died, but he didn't stay dead. He is mm-hmm. because he's alive.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think about all the "I am" statements mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. made, which is the New Testament fulfillment of the Old Testament "Yahweh I am." Right? You know, Jesus said, "What are some of them?" "I am
4: the living water."
1: "The living water." "Bread of life." "Bread of life." Bread
4: of life. "Light of the world."
3: Okay. "The resurrection."
1: "The resurrection and the life." "The door."
3: "Way the truth the mm-hmm.
1: life." Mm-hmm. "Good shepherd." Mm-hmm. Yep the vine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so all of his teaching fleshes this out. Okay, so God is, okay, and then God was. And I think about John 1 verses 1 to 5, and that's uh, such a powerful scripture that talks about in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So going all the way back to when we went there to creation, God was there before anything. Mm -hmm. And then is to come. I think about 2 Peter 3, 8, and we've already quoted this a couple of times. Bill, what is that verse?
2: But do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day.
1: And we know in verses like Psalm 90, verse 4, you know, I rephrase the leading to the day of the Lord, you know, God is returning. He is coming back. So he was, he is he is to come. He is almighty over time. I wonder sometimes, and I've talked with my husband a lot of times about this. We just have these little chat conversations. You know, they last a minute and a half because that's all I can handle. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just that I look at, at my life as this concrete understanding of time. But what if that is And And what if God's understanding of time is almighty over time? What if I lived my concrete life within this very fluid, bizarre, difficult to understand concept. Mm -hmm. There's almost no such thing as time with God.
3: To me, that sounds like what is described as the life of faith, that gap between God's presence, perfect awareness and control and our time boundness like it's interesting like i think about what david struggles with often in the psalms mm. right how long O oh lord will <laughs> you forsake me it's a time question mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. psalm 73 you know is the wicked seem to be doing quite fine right now yeah. and they seem to live a long life so the gap between my awareness and perspective of what time ought to look like and god's complete perfect Mm. vision that encompasses past, present, and future, the only way to get on that on-ramp is through trust Mm. and faith.
4: Yeah, especially because there's so many things we deal with in our lives that just we will never have good answers to. Right. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do evil things happen in the world? Some of those questions that haunt many of us. And yet when we think about God as someone who's almighty over time, then we can look into the future, know, you know what, I can just trust that at least one day he'll make it all right.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was chatting with a friend the other day, and uh, he's been ill for a long time, he watches a lot of TV, because that's what he can do, and he just said, are you concerned about our world, America? Are you concerned about the politics? Are you concerned about our country? And, and I am, of course I am. There's a lot of strife, there's a lot of disunity, there's a lot of polarization, He said, what do you do with it? I said, you know, honestly, if I look back in times past (laughs) and if I anticipate times future, I think there's always going to be striving. And I, you know, I guess I face a choice of, am I going to trust that God has this under control? And I'm not the first generation to see strife, and I won't be the last generation to see God's hand over it. What we're called to do is to live in the present, trusting that God is almighty over time. And you're right. One day, he will make sense. That doesn't mean I become all, you know, whatever, sit back and I'm Mm. complacent and cynical. It means I live an active life of trusting that that God who spoke creation into existence is that God who walked through the history of humankind and that God who's got over my life and that God will be the one who is there in the future and whatever comes. I think one of the most well-known passages about time is in the Psalms. Can Hmm. you think where it might be?
2: In the Psalms, I think, so teach us to number our days Mm -hmm. from the Song of Moses.
1: Mm. And it may be just because I have heard Haddon Robinson talk about it so much, but it's just grilled in my brain. (laughs) Lord, teach us to number our days. And I wonder what that means, and I've thought about it for years and years, and so I want to dive into it and look at Psalm
2: 90. But think about it this way, Lisa. Mm-hmm. In our culture, we don't number our days. We mm-hmm. number our years. We By count birthdays. birthdays. Mm-hmm. We number our years. We don't number <laughs> our days. No. Nope. When I think so teach us to number our days, that, to me, goes back to what we talked about in an earlier conversation about the fact that time is both limited and precious. Mm-hmm. And so we need to value the time that we have, however much of it we have. And I just immediately picture all those movies I've seen with
4: someone who's stuck in prison yeah. and they're marking on the cell wall all the days that they've been mm-hmm. locked in. Yeah.
3: And I think too, when I think of that passage in that verse, some translations will say, teach us to number our days aright, so that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom or that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So it's not just counting Mm -hmm. for the sake of like, oh, this is how many days I've lived. But it's a perspective that recognizes that time is precious, is limited. But then the question becomes, what do I do with it as Mm -hmm. a result of that? Mm -hmm. Like, what's the best use of and that's
2: the wisdom piece. Yes.
1: And the purpose of it. That's what we want to look at. As we look at what teach us to number our days might mean for us, let's recall what we've learned so far about time in scripture. Mm-hmm. You know what's different about it than what we think and you know what have we learned about time in scripture in the Old Testament and the New Testament compared to us today?
4: Uh, well, we've talked about how measuring time by 24 hours or 60 minutes or 60 seconds is a newer phenomenon in the history of the world. And so when we see things like days in the Bible, it's a little bit different because Mm -hmm. like when God created, he created a day and then there was evening and then there was morning. You mentioned ages, that there's the present age or the future age Mm -hmm. or, and then even in our last conversation, God being the one who is, who was, and is to come. And so this idea that he's outside of time, so there's kind of a lot of different time ideas and language in the Bible.
2: Yeah. Even something as basic as the fact that in the Jewish culture, a day does not start at midnight. It starts at dusk Mm -hmm. and dusk is a very fluid. Yeah. It's different (laughs) every
1: day. Right. Because of the seasons of the year, the lunar reality we live in. mm -hmm.
4: And then we talked about how it's fleeting and it moves so quickly. It's like
2: a mist or like vapor and It doesn't pause and wait for us. It keeps going. I heard somebody say one time some people say time marches on. Really, it's just running out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we live struggling between being time bound, you know, Mm -hmm. just letting time govern everything about us in, in a very real way. And when we get up and when we go to sleep and when we punch the clock and when we put the kids to bed. And God is beyond time, has a whole different understanding of time. As we look at Psalm 90, let's remember who wrote it, and Bill, you said A Song of Moses, and what do we know about Psalm 90? Where does it fall in the psaltery?
4: Yeah, so right above it, in my Bible, it says book four. We did a whole series on how to read the Psalms where we looked at what each book kind of encapsulates, and book four is the book of exile, And of waiting for God to make all things right and bring the people out of Babylon, where Israel is, back into their promised
1: land. So they're in exile.
4: Yeah. And the easiest way to see that is at the very end of book four, we see them asking God to gather them from all the nations. And then the beginning of book five is them saying, oh, God, you have gathered us from the nations. And so we kind of
2: see that. But that really helps a lot, Daniel, Mm -hmm. because... To a people in exile, you start that book with a psalm written by the guy who God used to lead him out of exile the last <laughs> yeah. time, yeah, you know, so again, there's the God who was there and he is here.
1: and what do we know about exile times? What do they usually present to us?
2: Well, you know, I think
3: about Daniel, you mentioned kind of the way of marking time of of someone in prison or incarcerated, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there's a sense where this is not happy time this Mm -hmm. is this is hard time and it can seem especially in the context i mean i feel like the exile and what we see in jeremiah at the end is what probably the saddest moment in the scriptures to me because you Mm. see the utter collapse of the promise right at least as they had anticipated and expected it to last forever and never thought it would. And, mm-hmm. and now unceremoniously you know, put in this place that they never thought they would be in. And then, of course, the question now remains, will we ever get back? How long would this take? Mm-hmm. And that's very much the edge of why time is important because it's a time of, of suffering and of mm-hmm. great disillusionment with what we thought was going to be forever,
2: but now it seemed to come to an end. But is it the end end? Yeah. And it's interesting, Russell, in the book of Daniel, who is in that captivity, he's reading the book of Jeremiah and sees that they're going to be there 70 years. And he prays this amazing prayer, which seems to say, we've been here 70 years and we haven't learned anything yet. Mm-hmm. We're not ready to go home. Mm-hmm. We're still a mess. Mm-hmm. After 70 years, the time reference in there.
1: So this is a particular context. I want us to read through the psalm and just, we're going to go around the table and just pause where you see some kind of reference. To time and see if that can provide wisdom for this verse. Twelve teaches to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And Bill, would you start us and just sure. read us and again? Just stop when you see something and point out what you recognize there. It's a fun way to read scripture yeah. sometimes.
2: Psalm ninety, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. There's a time marker right mm-hmm. there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Before the mountains were born and you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God.
1: We've learned about God being almighty over time.
2: You turn people back to dust saying, return to the dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night.
1: And we just yes. talked about that in our last conversation about mm-hmm. how God is, was, is, and is to come.
4: Yeah. And the watch in the night language is interesting there too, because yeah. that's, the watch in the night is a soldier standing up for a um, certain period of time right, on, mm-hmm. <laughs> on the wall, mm-hmm. looking out, awaiting. Another psalm talks about awaiting the dawn because mm-hmm. they're waiting for the night came through. and We didn't get attacked or whatever. Yeah. And so they're night was a time of danger. Yeah. yeah.
1: Daniel, pick it up in verse five then.
4: Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. A little time there. Mm-hmm. They are like the new grass of the morning. Mm -hmm. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dried and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You've set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. Presence for God is a time marker. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is. We're not good at being present where we are, but God is present. Mm -hmm. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. A little Ecclesiastes tone there. Mm -hmm. If only we knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due.
1: And then Russell, uh, pick up in verse 12 and read to the end if you will.
3: Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So there's the number. Mm
1: -hmm. And the purpose too, that you pointed out, Russell, it's not just numbering them, tick, tick, tick. It's that we would gain a heart of wisdom. Yeah.
3: Relent, Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. That how long, that struggle Mm -hmm. with the suffering. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Again, that sense of mourning being a source of joy. Make us glad for as many days if you have afflicted us for as many years Mm. as we have seen trouble. Love that idea of almost a sense of a balancing, Mm. you know, I hope that we have as many good days in front of us as we have had bad days behind us. Mm. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord, our God, rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And that establish also seems to suggest a permanence. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: Yes, this beautiful, almost brackets of teach us to number our days, which means count and reckon and pay attention to. And then establishing the work of our hands is this living and trust day to day that produces a lasting, enduring generation to generation kind of legacy, if you will. My understanding of teach us the number of our days is different, considering what all we've been talking about, about time, that there's two ages, the present and the age to come, and two dimensions, chronos, which is a period of time, and kairos, which is more of a point in time. The fact that we're time bound, but God is almighty over time. What do you want to take away from Psalm 90? It, how, as viewing Moses, a man who led out the first exile, speaking into another exile of God's people, giving instructions as to how to injure? How does that speak to us, we who are exiled, if you will, on our planet in this day and age? Strangers in a strange land, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Pilgrims. Yeah, I think verse
4: 14 jumps out to me. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love which I didn't look at it, but I'm guessing we know which word that is, which is God's steadfast love that's used to describe him mm-hmm. throughout all the Old Testament, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. You know, regardless of what's going on in our lives, feels like such a strong prayer, the idea of being satisfied by God's love.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That does carry us through
4: whatever.
2: That sense of what you're talking about, Daniel, actually begins with the second half of the verse before. Have compassion on your mm-hmm. servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love so that we may sing for joy and be glad. Make us glad. It's Again, it's not just we want to become glad. We want to somehow manufacture gladness. We're looking to God to bring that into our lives we're looking to him to make us glad and that's kind of a different
1: it is and and it it echoes what you just said Russell too as you were reading these last verses and it hit you you know that we see we're glad for as many days that you've afflicted us and it's for many years we've seen trouble and then also the gladness you know Mm -hmm. there's this understanding that our time boundness is within God's almighty power over time and we're glad in that. We rest in that. We trust Him in that.
0: Yeah, great conversation about Psalm 90 that can help us put together the aspects of time that we've talked about in this episode of the Discover the Word podcast called It's About Time. That we are time bound. God is timeless, He's outside of time and over time. And so it makes so much sense for us to trust in the Almighty God. Lord, teach us to number our days, and that's more than a math problem to track our age. It's really about living in light of eternity. Well, we will wrap up this edition of the podcast after we take 60 seconds to look ahead to where the group goes for our next study together. On the next Discover the Word podcast, Daniel Ryan Day begins by asking this question.
4: What was your relationship like with your mom? Was it positive, negative? Are you willing to share? It's okay if you're not, because not for all of us is it positive. And I want to acknowledge that. But if you're up for it, share a little bit about who your mom was and
0: your relationship with her. And so we will hear how Daniel and Mark DeHaan and Elisa Morgan and Bill Crowder respond to that. And then Daniel tells us why he asked that question. The reason we're talking about this is because, you know, we spend a lot
4: of time talking about God being our father. Sure. But there are a few places in the Bible where God is described in motherly terms or even describes himself in motherly terms, which I think is interesting. And I thought it might be fun for us to spend a series looking through some of the places
0: in Scripture where God describes himself in more motherly terms. Yeah, the mother side of God. That's our next conversation here on the Discover the Word podcast. So, what time is it? Do you know? That's what the group is going to talk about as we wrap up this conversation about time. Now, it used to be, if you wanted to know the exact time, there was a phone number you could call. U.S. Naval Observatory
2: Master Clock at the tone, Eastern Standard Time, 8 hours, 39 minutes
0: exactly. Yeah, we don't need that anymore, do we? Our phones, our computers, a lot of the clocks in our cars, they're all synced to display the correct time. And so what time is it? Let's listen.
1: How many times a day do you look at your watch, your phone, the clock on the wall, clock on your computer.
2: It depends on if there's some place I have to be at a certain time, (sighs) Mm -hmm. or if there's something I'm intending to do at a certain time, Mm -hmm. then I'll check my watch kind of regularly to see how much time I have. I remember one night in particular
4: that I was like, just could not sleep well. I think I ended up checking the clock, I don't know, 30, 40 times, and every time it was like five minutes gone by. (laughs) It's just this blinking reminder that I'm not asleep. <laughs> and that
3: is the worst. It is bad. It reminds me of that phrase, a watch pot never boils. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I'm impatient and I'm waiting for somebody in my house to be ready.
4: <laughs> we uh, won't, name we won't name any names. We won't name any names. Or
3: genders. Can, oh, yes, nothing. <laughs> it's just someone. I can find myself having almost compulsively looking at the clock as if, you know, yeah. that's going to change
4: anything. Yeah, and I think one of the funniest times... And I mean, funniest is in making fun of myself is when I'm like driving somewhere and I know I'm already late, but I keep looking at the clock on the dash. Almost hoping that. As if it's going to like roll back or yeah. something. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, all of a sudden I'm on time. But or you it's... look
1: at the map thing and say, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm driving fast enough that it's reduced my arrival yeah. time.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. even though it's
2: only seven miles, you know, or something. So you'd have to drive so fast or reduce it, you couldn't. Yeah, I yeah. saw a thing on social media, a young mom with her four kids running down the street, and the caption said, me leaving at 8.45 to get my kids to school by 8.15. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I would look at the clock a lot when I had to pick up kids' places. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. i like, calculate, okay, I have 12 minutes to drive, so I have... Four more minutes to do this load wash or you know whatever. But today I look at the clock a lot, whether it's on my phone or on the wall or whatever, because my dog thinks she needs to eat all the time. (laughs) I'm trying to train her to wait till a certain hour to eat and so she'll start her little squirmy squeaky thing and I'm always looking at the clock to see if it's
4: time. How many times do you think Brian looks at the clock while we're recording (laughs) to make sure that we're within the time of the conversation? I bet he looks at it quite a bit too. And
1: to be honest we do too. (laughs) We we want to sandwich our conversation in a bite-sized window for all of our listeners Mm -hmm. so you know we do have a clock on the wall and we watch it. We know we need to eventually wrap it up by a certain (laughs) time.
2: And at that point Brian thinks, it's about time.
1: (laughs) Taking that understanding of how bound we are, how governed we are by time, we've learned a lot about the concept of time in Scripture, Mm -hmm. and Scripture reveals that God's understanding and use of time is different from ours. We're time-bound, and He's above time, almighty over time. And we've looked at a lot of different passages and and come to understand that, you know, we can live within our parameters, really by trusting that God's beyond and that He can Mm make sense of time where we can't. I want to ask one other question. What time is it in terms of where we live within the scope Mm -hmm. of God's mission on this planet? How do our lives invest in that? What time is it for us in the kingdom?
3: Yeah, I think about that phrase when you talked about from the beginning, present, and the time to come, right, or the present, the future, and that word, the eschaton, the end of time, right, the end of days that essentially gets inaugurated. Sometimes people think of it as the apocalyptic moment that you see in Revelation is, oh, that's the end of time. But really, when you look at the New Testament, in the fullness of time, Mm -hmm. when Jesus, from the time that Jesus arrives on
2: the scene, we are in it, yeah. you know, we mm-hmm. are in the last days. Some think we're in the last days of the last days, but really, like you're saying, Russell, the last days began with Jesus's coming, and this entire church era that we're in kind of encompasses those last days, and just like when the fullness of time was he came the first time, it'll be when time is full hmm. that he'll come the second time.
1: Seems like a whole lot of last days then. <laughs> It does. Yeah. Last, 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 last day. Yeah. And, you know, you brought up the fullness of time. I think that's helpful. And in other conversations, I think Daniel's led us into understanding how Jesus came to fulfill the law. It is true that we live in a different era because Jesus did come to fulfill God's redemptive plan. That's already happened. It's been 2,000 plus Mm -hmm. years that that's happened. So, How do we understand what time it is for us? You know, when we still don't see the complete ending of it
2: all. Well, first of all, because he came, we mark our time by that. True. I mean, some people BC and AD. Now it's BC and BCE or before the common era and the common. But historically, Mm -hmm. another time reference, we marked time based on the birth of Jesus when he came into the world, as either being before that time or after that time. And I think that in itself is a huge reminder of that fullness of time thing, because time itself is marked out by his arrival. Mm-hmm. You have to think about the people in the Old Testament, the, the book of Hebrews in chapter 11, where you have the, the list of heroes that said, these all died having not received the mm-hmm. promise. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a lot of days too, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Daniel, you said there are a lot of last days in the last days. Yeah, but there were in the Old Testament too, and these all died having not received the promise. And so for us, once again, it's like everything else we've talked about in this series. We have to begin with the premise that God's in charge, that he's in control of this, that he knows when is best, not only what is best. And we kind of just trust him and rest in that. Even if that means that we're kind of frustrated, Yeah, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. even if that means
4: that it causes a lot of questions and doubts in us of, did Jesus really say last days? And mm-hmm. what does that look like?
2: Well, and again, go back to Psalm 90, a day is with the Lord like a thousand years. Well, if you took that and superimposed it on this conversation, that meant to the Lord, these 2000 years are just like a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Because he's not yeah. bound by it the same way he's we are. He's
1: almighty over time. The New Testament talks about this fulfillment that we're referencing in a couple of places. In Matthew 4, verse 17.
3: From that time on, Jesus began to preach. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near.
1: Great. Okay. And then, Daniel, would you get Mark 1 14 to 15.
4: After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news.
1: Okay, both of these are using the word kairos, and we know that means a specific moment in time. Mm okay there is like this initiation Mm. as we said that is jesus is here and so we're into a new place now what does proclaiming the good news look like what does proclaiming repent for the kingdom of heaven is near look like you know Mm -hmm. i think jesus explains it in matthew 28 go out and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything i've commanded you he ends with and i am with you always the end of the
2: And it's interesting, Elisa, with those two uh, earlier texts talking about the kingdom. Again, we kind of get gunked up in there because we think of kingdom as a monarchy, as palaces and castles and all that stuff. But the word kingdom means rule. Mm -hmm. The rule of God has come near. Why? Because the king is here. Mm -hmm. The ruler is present. Therefore, the rule has come near.
1: Thank you, Bill. That's really helpful.
4: And you asked what our Role is in that time. And part of what Jesus taught us to be a part of is bringing his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that Mm -hmm. initiating of the rule and reign of Christ that Jesus brought when he came and then died, rose again, and then empowered his followers with the Holy Spirit is the same mandate, Mm -hmm. invitation that we're called into which mm-hmm. is to be a part of the continuation yeah. of that rule and reign yeah of Christ. an
1: ongoing call there's one other scripture I want us to look at for a second it's Acts chapter 1 verses mm-hmm. 7 and 8 and Russell could you read that for us
3: he said to them it is not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth.
2: Yeah, that's in the context of the disciples asking Jesus, is it now that you're going to establish the kingdom? <laughs> They're still thinking about palaces and monarchies, and Jesus is thinking about rule and rulership.
4: Yeah, and look at the timing of that. Yeah. This is Acts. Yeah. So
2: Jesus died, rose again.
4: He's getting ready to go up to heaven, and they're asking, oh, now we get it. Now you're going to take over and be the king of Israel.
1: (laughs) And it's not just he died and rose again. It's Jesus came, Mm -hmm. Jesus ministered, Jesus died and rose again. Because we're going back to Matthew 4, at the beginning of the ministry. He says, from that time on, that kairos, Mm -hmm. from that moment on, and then in Mark 1, same time, this is after John was put in prison, the time has come. So that's the very beginning of his ministry. Now we're at his ascension. Mm -hmm. And he says (laughs) the same kind of thing. But what's different about this, and I think this is super interesting, is this is the word chronos, which means length of time, okay, a period of time. He says, it is not for you to know the length of time, how many last days there will be, (laughs) how -hmm. many last, 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 last days. What's for you to do is to receive power and the Holy Spirit comes on you and be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. What time is it? Dr. Mark Young, who's the president of Denver Seminary, put it this way, and I think it's a great statement. It is time for the people of God to receive the power of God, to accomplish the mission of God. It's always been that time, you know, since this new age that Jesus came to fulfill. So as we, you know, check our watch every day for, is it time to get up to go to the airport? Is it time to pick up my kids? Or am I late for my appointment? Am I going to get to my destination? Those are all important, and I don't want to minimize them. They are important. But overall, the right answer (laughs) to what time is it is it's time for the people of God to receive the power of God, to accomplish the mission of God.
0: Great way to wrap up this series titled, It's About Time. That's what time it is. All this week, Elisa Morgan, Bill Crowder, Daniel Ryan Day, and Rasul Berry have been challenging and adding to our human perception of time and helping us to think about time from a perspective that we find in the scriptures. Discover the Word is a small group Bible study from Our Daily Bread Ministries in Grand Rapids, Michigan. In which we invite you to walk with us through topics and passages that inform the way we read the scriptures, challenge us as we live our lives as followers of Christ, and always point us to Discover Jesus in the pages of the Bible. Well here at Discover the Word and our Daily Bread Ministries, all we do fits under our desire to make the life-changing story and wisdom of the Bible understandable and accessible to people all around the world. And it's because of the support from friends like you that we're able to do that. And so when you give, you're giving yourself and others access to Discover the Word and the many other outreaches of our Daily Bread Ministries. You can give when you go online to discovertheword.org. Click on the Donate tab and let us walk you through what your options are and how you can do that. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Brian Hedinga. Discover the Word is provided by Our Daily Bread Ministries.